This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. Hey, hi, ho, everybody. Happy holidays. I hope Santa Claus comes down your chimney, bringing a whole bunch of love and good stuff. No coal. Coal's bad, I hear. So no coal. But anyways, I want to wish everybody a happy holiday. I'm glad you're hanging out with us December. I got a buddy of mine hanging out with me. He's doing some fun stuff out there. We crossed paths and connected a couple of weeks back. I said, hey, dude, what are you up to? What's going on? And he started telling me what he was doing. I was like, dude, you need to get on here in December. We need to be talking about what people need to be thinking about in 2023. And I said, let's get this conversation rolling. So I invited him to come on and hang out with me. Doesn't have his Santa hat on, but I brought my Santa hat once again today just to throw a little love out there in the world, make sure people are like into that holiday festive spirit. So anyways, give it up for my buddy from Mascari Strategy Group. Give it up for the one, the only Nick Mascari. Dude, welcome. Thank you, Todd. Pleasure to be on here. Happy holidays. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know, that's a big intro I gave you right there. You probably haven't it, got it that was one. huge. So, and, and before I before I go, I have to say congratulations to you and your beautiful wife for your new baby. We ought to just do a little holiday cheer about the new baby. I think it's fantastic. Congratulations. So I got to get that out there first and foremost before we get started today. Thank you. Uh, six weeks old, little baby Sophia, our fourth. I you love know, it. Obviously didn't realize what caused the first three, but I, I understand now. So we're, we're going to cap it at three, but you know, it wouldn't be a big Italian family without it. Well, you know. I, I there's you literally have set me up to say about 50 things, but because it's the holidays <laughs> and this is a family show, I don't want to fuck anything up by saying something wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, you're welcome. So let's get started because I really do want to talk about what you're doing now and the trajectory you're on because I think it's super, super cool. And when I dove into this with you and we started talking a little bit and I put my toe in the water starting to figure out and understand what it is that you're doing, so many things came up in my research about this that I thought was such, you know, really, really cool to talk about. And when you think about today in, in agriculture and tech and all these other things that are happening, there's so many startups out there today, right? Because money's cheap and, and money's able to go out and people are spending and throwing money at, you know, unicorns that can tap dance and shit like that. It's just amazing to me. It's some of the things that I, you know, maybe not necessarily are talked about are thought through. So I thought, you know, based upon what you're doing, I thought this would be a great conversation, like I said, for people to reflect upon going into 2023, like, huh, that's a great point. Have I thought about that? So that's kind of what the basis was of all this. And I'm excited, like I said earlier, to be able to hang out with you and do this. Before we get started, like I do with everybody, I'm not reading your bio because it's just campy as hell. So please just introduce yourself a little bit, tell everybody who you are and give everybody a little bit of your journey, if you wouldn't mind. And I'm going to drink my tea here because I, my instrument is a little raw right now. So I'm drinking a little tea to make myself sound you know, angelic like normal. Well, first off, thanks again for having me on the show. I was, you know, I was getting a little sad because you had two of my cousins on previously, and I was like, "Man, I must." Be You're Italian. Loaded. Everybody in Indianapolis is your freaking cousin, so don't start <laughs> whining at me. <laughs> no, I, I, in all seriousness, I appreciate it. Um, yes, my name is Nick Mascari. I'm currently uh, president and founder of Mascari Strategy Group. But before we get to that. I, I grew up in the produce industry. You know, my, my great uncle started Indianapolis Fruit back in 1947. And my dad ran it up to a few years ago. But, you know, I grew up in that business. I grew up, you know, earning $20 petty cash, doing odds and ends job when, you know, I couldn't, 
shouldn't have been working, but you know how we put each other to work, uh, you know. So yeah, your old man wasn't gonna let you sit around on a Saturday. No, I'm sure I was of sweeping that. docks. Yeah, exactly. You know, yes, yeah, loading trucks. You know, anything I could do. You know, at a young age. So I, I worked my way up, like I said. You know, from loading trucks to sweeping docks to even driving trucks. I had my own route for a long time, and uh, from there went to college, uh, graduated, moved out to Los Angeles, and worked for Dole for. Uh, about a year in bananas, but hey, you're a California guy, you know, you know the cost of living out there. So I thought it would be a good time to get back to the Midwest and transferred my banana skills from Dole to Jaquita. And nice. spent several years uh, with Jaquita back here in the Midwest, uh, working on special banana projects, which was a lot of fun. And came time to get back in the family business. And I spent eight years in the family business before I decided to go to Michigan to run Apple companies up there. Cool. And that's what I was doing for the last six and a half years until I recently retired from Apple's to get into consulting. I love it. And, you know, and I love what you, and, and, and thank you for sharing that. I love what you're doing too right now, because I think it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I can't wait to dive into it, but I, I gotta, I gotta go back and open back up, knowing your old man like I do and the trajectory that you've been and been around you a while, even though some of your nicknames, um, which I won't bring up, which you'll have to pay me for. I appreciate I bring, that. You're welcome. It's a, Hey, it's Christmas time. I'm the gift that keeps giving, brother. But, you know, I want to get into a little bit of your family, you know, and, and what you learned. Because your point, as I say, I'm giving you a hard time about the old man, you know, having you work on Saturdays. But it's the truth, right? I mean, your family has a long history in this industry. I mean, to your point, it's part of your DNA. But one of the things I think that is the most um, interesting question that I throw it that, that folks like yourself that have that trajectory is how those values shaped you. And so there's my opening question for you right there. Absolutely. You know, I, I saw from a young age the importance of relationships in this business. That that was one. I mean, the our business was built on relationships with you know, our retail and food service partners to our, you know, suppliers. You know, I saw a lot of handshake deals early on and that continued up until, you know, I left the business to go do my own thing. But, you know, that was number one, you know, number two, personal and professional integrity, I mean, was so important. And, you know, from my great uncle to my grandfather, to my dad, to my uncles that were part owners in the business with my dad. Uh, you know, that was extremely important. And then just commitment, you know, commitment to myself, commitment to the business, you know, to continuous improvement and learning. You know, those were all key drivers that I learned at an early age that play an integral part in who I am today and how I conduct my business. 100%. Yeah, well said, dude. You know, because you had such, I mean, you think about your family being involved. You had a lot of beacons of light around you, you know, that were older, been around the block, saw the business grow, right? And helped help that generational thing grow like that. And, and that's a great, you know, I, I, I talk about this all the time and I love talking about it. It's like, it's so important that that bottom rung of that ladder is the most secure because then you can wobble as you go up if the base is strong and you come from that strong base. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me as you're doing what you're doing now, which we're going to get into is is that foundation is so important, I think, to your vision going forward of what you're trying to accomplish with, with Scary Strategy Group. And so 
let's talk about it, right? You started this new deal up, you're off to the races. So tell us what, what I'm going MSG. I like it. MSG. Yeah, I like MSG. It's in I'm my going logo. MSG. I'm just making it right now. It's, it's, it's a little gangster. And I like it. I'm going MSG. It's like your hood name. I'm digging it. So talk to me about what MSG is doing. What yeah. is it? So, you know, I'm a results oriented management consulting firm that works with small to middle market companies looking to improve their growth and efficiency of their companies. I mean, at the that's at the very basis and the premise of what I'm doing. And my goal is to operate as an extension of my clients' companies. You know, I want to be their trusted advisor. It goes back to, you know, the commitment and the, you know, the relationships and valuing those. And, you know, just like our business, whether we're selling apples, organics, you know, bananas, what you got to create a unique value proposition for those clients to do business with you. And that, that's my goal. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our Heart Check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. One of the things you, you touched on earlier, and I've come back around to it, is the importance of relationships and how much that is sometimes a lost art in a lot of ways. We become so transactional, a lot of the businesses that we do. Um, I'm a big believer in it. I teach and preach it today in my group. Um, I think it's so valuable that, you know, when you put people before POs, your business has, I believe, a much better success rate than just worrying about PO after PO after PO, because it just doesn't necessarily work at the end. I mean, again, that relationship is so powerful. You know, we were talking and and one of the things, you know, in my doing my due diligence, you know, an interesting statistic that I found out states that nearly 70% of the strategic plans or strategies in a business are never successfully implemented. It's a staggering number when you think about it. It's like, okay, that just doesn't seem right. So why do you think that's true? Yeah, it, it is staggering. And, you know, I had to question it. And, I, you know, I found it in multiple places and it kept coming up, you know, as I was training to be better in my business. But, you know, a few reasons you know, you're not in control of your current business, you know, Mm -hmm. organizations, especially smaller ones too, don't have the right people in critical roles. Some, you know, they may have a strategic plan or goals in place, but they don't have the right infrastructure or people to achieve those goals. You know, some companies have way too many goals and objectives and not enough resources, like I just said, to execute on those. And I I think, and the big important one is execution 
and yeah. a lack of execution is a big reason why a lot of these companies come up short and fail on their plans. Well, I think I, I think there's a difference between vision and execution. And I think a lot of times businesses get caught up in their vision versus really spending time understanding the actual execution of that vision. Right. I, think I mean, you, I, I, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, Todd. No, no. You're the and guest. I was going to say, you know, a lot of times that, that vision, mission, strategy isn't conveyed down to the people that are actually boots on the ground. So most employees aren't understanding what that strategy is and how it plays into their day-to-day duties. And so there's no correlation there and they're kind of lost. Yeah, no, it makes a good point. Well, you know, let's, let's, let's touch on that a little bit between that leadership and downstream, because I think it's really, really relevant. I mean, you know, as a company grows, you know, a lot of times there's a disconnect that sometimes takes place between the leadership and the rest of the team. And Sometimes that even trickles down, I think, even to their customer level. You know, what do you think some of the common mistakes are that you're seeing leaders make, or sometimes they don't see things like that coming? Yeah, I, you know, I think the, the main thing is the leaders aren't defining the clear vision for the company, and they're not explaining it in a way that connects with the people and excites them and motivates them. And therefore, they're not aligning their work and what they're doing with the bigger mission, vision, and goals of the company. And I I think that's the main thing. And then, you know, if they do have that stuff, then it comes down to execution, where the strategy falls short. Yeah, well, again, it's like, again, it's, it's vision, it's that vision versus the execution. I want to back up a little bit and I want to get kind of everybody a little bit of perspective. You know, you, you've, you've grown up in the industry, you've, you've gone out, you've done some really cool things. You've got a great, unique perspective, but I'm always really excited and, and really proud of people that's like, hey, I want to do more. I want to learn more. I want to be better. I want to try to grow. I think that's a really important thing that we all need to invest in is our own personal growth. And, and you know, whether it's reading a book, whether it's just whatever it might be, maybe it's just Maybe it's just saying hello to your neighbor you've never spoken to before, right? You take that first step in growing as a person. Um, but you went and you became certified in a process called upscaling, which is really pretty cool. Can you talk a little bit about what it is and what, you know, what upscaling is all about? Yeah, so real quick, uh, scaling up. Oh, what I say is upscale. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, same, same difference. Yeah, uh, well, you may think this is tea. <laughs> I have some of that. No, but so scaling up, you know, is a combination of education, coaching, technology, and proven processes and methodology that helps small to middle market companies around the world build and execute on their strategic plan. And they're best known for their one-page strategic plan. And so it helps focus the executive team and make the right decisions when it comes to the four key areas which are people, strategy, execution, and cash in the business. Right. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit because I found I, I I found that super interesting too because you know those those are kind of the necessary steps that you talk about you know to scale these four pillars, and I think one of the ones that people don't really think about is cash. Right. I mean, oh, I think when you're thinking about growing a business, cash is such an important part. So let's talk about. It. So you mentioned it's people, strategy, execution. And of course, I just talked about cash. So can you touch upon each one of these pillars a little bit and why they're important? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people don't realize and 
you know, I was lucky enough to attend a session with Jim Collins this year, this past year. And one thing that stuck out is half the companies that went bankrupt this past year, it it was some staggering number like that, had positive earnings. They grew broke. And a lot of people don't realize you can grow broke. You could be growing and not have enough cash to facilitate that growth. And that's the number one reason why a lot of companies fail. You know, they don't have enough money to pay their bills. They don't have enough cash. They need to invest in future growth. So it's, it's very important. And another thing they don't realize you can get by with average strategy. You know, you can have an average strategy, people and subpar execution, but you can't survive a day without cash. Yeah. And sometimes people don't realize that. And one of the keys is growth sucks cash. Big time. Big time. Well, I think you see it now in a lot of ways in the ag tech space with the amount of investment dollars that are thrown out there, right? And and how that's working out. And you know, you it it you read you read an article out there about somebody that just got another big chunk of change, and then you read an article about somebody that just lost a whole big chunk of change. Right. And it makes you wonder, to your point. You know, is it the people? Is it the strategy execution? Is the lack of cash? Whatever. You know, what are the scenarios that are causing that? How important? You know, when you think about a, a company growing and scaling, um, a lot of times in startups you have a tendency. You know, people becomes a really interesting perspective on that. You see a lot of startups just spin people out of there all the time. So talk about the, the you know why people. I think you know when you find the right person or you know that person fits. You know that shoe fits. Right. Why you've got to put that energy back into the, you know, to the right fit and the right people. Yeah. You know, you, you need the right people doing the right things. I mean, I know it's cliche, but you need the right butt on the bus. You need the right people on the bus and you need to get rid of the wrong ones. And as bad as it sounds, because you never want to let people go. But, you know, sometimes people aren't the right fit to help you get to where you want to go. And then once you have the right people, it's important to have a way to track performance with clear accountability and metrics. And I think that's another area where sometimes strategy and companies fail is they have this beautiful strategic plan written, but then it goes to the back of the executive's shelf or desk and collects dust. And the one thing I really like is there's there's many softwares out there that keep the strategic plan alive and in front of you. So you have the KPIs or, you know, the OKRs and you know where you stand on a daily basis and you're, you're tracking those. And then you can meet, you know, weekly on, all right, Nick, your, our goal is, you know, 10 new customers this year, you're at five, you know, why, why are we, why are we only at five? And you're having those discussions, you know, before they become lagging indicators, you know, you should have a good mix of leading and lagging, you know, KPIs in your business and, you know, keeping those and making it almost gamification, you know, turning yeah. it into a game. I mean, you know, when you go to a professional sport event, as you know, there's a scoreboard, you know, stats are kept. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, well, look, I, I, look, if, if you're a manager or a leader, and you wait until the the yearly review 
to give criticism about what's gone on six months ago, you're an absolutely shitty leader. Because being a leader in a lot of ways is like being involved on a day to day. They, you know, you can you can take things from becoming issues by being involved and to your point and talking things through. Where are we trying to achieve? Where's our goal? What are we trying to get to? You don't have to be a tyrant. You know, you don't have to be you know a tyrant when you go about the process, right? Because that never works out either. But coming alongside and investing that time from a leadership perspective into the people that you're working for, like how do we all get there? Because look, their success predicates your success and vice versa. If they're not doing what they're doing. Mr. CEO, you know, you can't do it all. You, you got, you know, so I think it's so important that we invest in that a little bit and that energy that you just expanded upon. And, and that's what I never really understood until I became a leader in, you know, these yearly performance reviews. You know, by the time you have that meeting, it's too late. Yeah. You should be having these discussions often. And yeah. people should know where they stand. They have a right to know where they stand. And, I think it's good to communicate early and often. And, you know, that's another reason why strategies come up short. Yeah, well, there's no doubt. Again, and, you're, and, and you go back to the people part of it, right? People are part of your strategy. People are part of your execution. And people are responsible for generating cash. So investing in your people is always critical. You know, we, we talked about it earlier about, you know, strategic plans, you know, and getting them implemented and stuff. But I'm imagining that the success rate between an actual strategy and its actual execution based upon the stats we talked about earlier, I'm guessing that's probably a relatively no, low number in some ways. Right. I, you know, it's, it's not 90%. I guarantee you that. No. So I, th- I saw this strategic uh, strategy matrix and I think it said about 30% of companies have good strategy, but they have poor execution. Then right. about 30% of companies have poor strategy and poor execution and the sweet spot is, you know, that 10% of companies have good strategy and a good execution. And if you fall into that quadrant, you totally outperform your competitors in terms of both profit, growth, and total shareholder return. Right. So you really want to be in that matrix of good strategy and good execution. And it's and part. I, I believe that came from a McKinsey study. Um, oh. Don't quote me on that, but I, I believe that's where I read it. Yeah, I, I think it's incredibly hard to find that sweet spot because of the moving parts, especially in a startup. Um, but it's so critical to be mindful of that stat in a lot of ways because it is not, you know, it, it is not a, a, a big win, right? There's a lot of people getting two guys on and then striking three people out or loading the bases, and popping fly balls, right? It's it's a real challenge to get that to see it all the way through, which I think is a lot of what separates good leaders from bad, like folks that can actually sit back and digest their business from a different, you know, not from their, not from such a, a, they have a broad perspective is what I'm trying to get at, you know, of being able to see their company through multiple lenses. And I think that's incredibly important as well. It is. And, you know, the job of a leader and the top CEOs, they're they're doing the top level stuff that C-suite execs do, but you know, they also have to come down, you know, to the ground level too and immerse themselves in that part of it. And once the C-suite's done with helping cultivate the strategy and leading the strategy, they have to be a part of it. And so many times yeah. they just hand it off and say, all right, well, this is where my responsibility ends, but it doesn't. I mean, your, your job is to communicate it early, often, be a part of it, oversee it, Track it. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. The one missing pillar that nobody talks about cash. Right. I mean, cash is huge. Cash is huge. And so you got your eye off the ball. You know, once that look, once cash goes, man, there's a lot you're going to give up to get back to normal. Right. It's tough. You know, if you have good cash flow and a downtime like now in a poor economy, now's the time you can really take advantage and look at mergers or acquisitions or outperform your competition when, when you have that cash flow. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Let's be with let's, let's talk a little bit about talk a little bit about the economy and strat, you know, kind of how it fl- how it plays in to MSG a little bit. Um, you know, obviously in the news, this deal with the crypto company FTX is pretty crazy, right? I mean, you know, they've got billions of dollars these cats were playing with. I mean, billions of dollars. Um, and then, you know, to watch them just, I, I don't know, but can't describe it any better, epically fail so quickly, right? And you would think, and, and it always baffles me when you see something like this, and, I know, and who knows where this unravels, right? This could end up with all kinds of, you know, this could, have, this could be, you know, the shell game, whatever the hell you want to call it. But you would think that a business at that kind of scale would have enough eyes and thought leaders to, to prevent something like this from happening. I mean, granted, look, it's crypto and I, you know, that's a whole different animal out there. Right. So enough said about it, the fact being crypto. But talk to me a little bit about, you know, when you read something like that, about what you think about that chaos that amounted there and why and how. And, you know, from your perspective with MSG, what that makes you think about. (laughs) Honestly, it blows my mind. (laughs) You think about it. Think about these large investment firms, hedge funds that invested large amounts of capital into this company and not doing their due diligence, or maybe they did do their due diligence and looked the other way, but there was no accountability structure in FTX. There was no board of directors. There was nobody holding the Sam Friedman, Bankman, or maybe I got that mixed up, accountable. He was accountable to no one. And you could see that with all the backdoor traps that he had to funnel money out to Alameda and these other companies. And people kept funneling money into this company. And it just blows my mind how, you know, these big companies investing other people's money were just... Yeah. Just Not like here. looking into the governance of this organization. Yeah, for sure. Well, it goes back to execution and strategy, right? It goes back to like, if, you know, to your point, it's like, do you actually know, right? And how much are you asking these questions? But to your point, it's like, I mean, this guy, th- this guy was not playing with chump change. I mean, you know, we're talking billions, like 30 billions billion or something, billions and billions of dollars. It, and it's just mind blowing to me that it happens, you know? It really, really is. I mean, it's like Enron, the whole nine yards. It's just, I, I, I guess it's just hard for me to conceive that that level of, of dishonesty or stupidity can exist at that scale and not have somebody go, wait a minute, wait, what? It's just hard for I me mean, to get it. If, if you look at all the players that were involved in this and tied to this, how were you not asking the hard questions that you need to ask when you're I mean, you have a fiduciary responsibility to the people and pension funds that you're investing their money, and you overlooked probably every failsafe in the book and looked past every red flag to say, man, 
<laughs> this doesn't look right. Right. Well, but again, it goes back to, you know, I think it goes back to what we've talked about already. It's like, how do you get involved in your business at a higher level where it's just not the superficial, oh, this looks mm-hmm. great. Sign your initial, move on, right? It's this deeper dive of about, you know, uh, it, it's so important to invest that time and energy into that. I mean, to me, it's just, it seems like common sense that, you know, uh, you know, Major League Baseball, uh, FTX is on every umpire's jersey, right? And you think about how much money they just port, you know, they threw out there and it's like, okay, great. Now people are getting sued right and left. It's kind of, it's kind of nutty, dude. It really is. It's kind of, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what do you think about this current economy though, that we're in right now? You know, when you think about businesses today and what they're doing and where we're going, I mean, there's so many variables. So talk to me, what's your current take on the economy? Yeah. I mean, you listen to, uh, you know, five different pundits and they give you five different answers. Yeah, no doubt. I, I would have to say we probably entered into a recession a while ago. I mean, in, inflation is running rampant. It seems to be coming down a little bit, but it's hitting hard in our space. I mean, yeah, the, the food space, it's hard. And people yeah, are brutal. having to make tough trade-offs. And I think it's going to be a tough winter between food and gas and, you know, how the middle class and, you know, the other classes do. I, I think the people that are wealthy and have money, uh, they'll get through this. I think it's just going to hit the middle class hard. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think it's going to be, it's incredibly hard. And I think that we've, we've, um, we're trying to ignore this away and it's not going to work. And I think that, you know, granted we're obviously coming out of a crazy two years with this pandemic and we've done some, you know, we've done some stuff that right or wrong or indifferent we've done. But I think at this point we can't deny the fact that we're going to have to get our arms wrapped around some of these things to help our global citizens here in our, in our little country survive because it's tough, man. I mean, you know, you got, you got folks, stealing gas now you got you know it's tough it's tough for you know it's tough for people to put food on the table today it's real it is and you know i'm I'm not going to get into politics but people got to stop you know it's got to stop being political and you know the politicians have to stop using their constituents livelihood as a pawn in this game and that's that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> no, I don't look. I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, and we're going through that kind of that revelation now about what do we want to do? And 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 you're right. And look, I, we can go down a dark, dirty trail and talk politics. I'm fine with it. I don't care. I get enough. I'll, I'll take the hate mail. I'll answer every one of them, like I always say. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's a real big challenge out there because we're you know it's almost like we're forced into a club, right? You either this or you're that, mm-hmm. or you're up or you're down, or you're left or you're right, or you're whatever it might be. And it just doesn't make any more sense, right? Because we're not, at the end of the day, nobody's winning. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's a clear winner in this game. And the ones that, no. and, and the problem lies is that people keep losing are the folks that are paying, that can't afford to pay $6 a gallon. I mean, gas is six bucks a gallon down the street. That's six bucks a gallon. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty old, but I can go back to remember when gas was under a buck, right? I mean, I get it. And it, so all these things are so problematic. But again, to your point, we've got to come together as, as a country and go, hey, we've got to do better for all of us. And I think that's a conversation I, you know, political or not, I think that's a conversation we need to have. What do you think's coming though? I mean, looking ahead a little bit, what do you think? Because you know, my opinion is, is that this thing's not going to, this thing's not going to. It's it, it's not going to flip overnight. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and go, hey, everything's fine. It's going to take time. And I and, and my thought process is going to take 18, 24 months, maybe. I, I would agree with you. And I think that's why, 
it's important. Sometimes in business, when we get in these situations, it's like, all right, it's time to tighten the belt and hunker down. But really, I see this as an opportune time to differentiate yourself. You know, you, you talked about the coming out of the pandemic a little bit, you know, two years ago. And sometimes you think about our business where you, you hear, well, we always did it this way. And what we've learned, and if you learned anything in the last two years, business as usual will no longer lead to success, which might have been the case for all of us in the past. I mean, business is different today, and it'll be different tomorrow. So it's like time to plan. Like you, you really need you know, some strategic foresight and strategic thinking into your plan. And really... You know, sometimes when we do these plans, we really have a myopic view and we don't really look past the, the trees in our own industry. But my, my suggestion is when you're doing a good strategic plan and you're looking to the future, do an environmental assessment, you know, look out past your industry, you know. I would say, you know, go further. You know, a lot of times we like to benchmark ourselves off our competitors or industry, but I, I would say get out of that myopic view and look further. And, yeah. You know, it's not enough anymore. You, you never know what's coming down a couple months from now, but you, you really got to look and, you know, nobody ever thought, I'm sure that COVID was going to come, but you, now you got to put that stuff in your planning. All right. What if it happens again? What if there's another, you know, pandemic or money you know, maker <laughs> or, I said or you know what what whatever it may be you really should have contingency plans and look at things that you never would have thought might happen yeah no you're right i do that's that's incredibly valid point and and i love what you said about looking beyond you know the trees the trees in your own you know your own front yard right and start to look at what what other industries are doing i think that's brilliant advice um because we do get a little bit siloed, like, okay, well, what is happening in my personal space? And what are, what are, what are people in my space doing? And I th you're right. I think in this economy today and this environment, this global community we all live in, I think you're right. I think you've got to go, okay, I see what my space is doing, but what is that space doing? Why are they doing that? What, you know, I think that's brilliant advice, dude. Yeah. I mean, we really need to look and find that X factor that sets us apart from our competition. And as you know, like it or not, Sometimes in our industry, we're, we're in a zero-sum game. My win is someone else's loss. You know, we work in a mature, sometimes overcrowded industry where unfairly, you know, we get pegged as commodities. And, you know, growth requires us taking market share from our competitors while they try to do the same to you. So yeah. it, it really does come to who's, who's got the better unique selling proposition what's your value proposition, what's your strategy and how you're going to differentiate yourself from your competitors. Yeah. I say it all the time. The produce business is nothing but a giant pirate ship. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, it blew my mind when I got into the Apple industry, I, I thought, you know, there were other industries that were crowded, but man, I'll tell you between the different States, the different shippers, and it, it's crowded. And there's yeah. only so much business to go around. Well, right. I mean, and, and there's so, and now too, and, and you know, it's really changed the Apple thing, at least from my perspective, at least what I look at from, from you know, from, from my view, how many more varieties can you have? Like, can you have 60? I mean, I was in a store, I was up in Seattle 
walking some retail stores not too long back and they had 19 different apples in this grocery store. I'm like, you know, there you go. That's gotta, that's gotta be a challenge. It's tough because not only are you competing with the other brands, but you're competing with other varieties and then you're competing with the other items in the department. And you're right. A lot of times is it creates confusion. So consumers are going to go with what they know. If they're confused, you know, with what Apple this is, because, you know, they all look the same and there's no signage differentiating itself. They're not going to spend, you know, good dollars not knowing. So they're going to trade off into grapes or, you know, another fruit or a veggie. And I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice because we're always chasing the next big thing. And in the Apple industry, it just happens to be Honeycrisp. Everybody's chasing how to come up with the next best Honeycrisp. Yeah. I love it, dude. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. But, you know, I love what you're doing and I love why you're doing it. And I love some of the perspective you've thrown out there. And again, that's why I thought this would be like a really cool show to put out in December to get people thinking about, you know, as we're getting into people are planning and what are we going to do in 2023 to, to put some of this stuff at the forefront of some folks' minds. Like, wow, have I really thought about that? You know, how do I evaluate strategy versus execution? How does execution, you know, and strategy kind of get all these things? I think it's, I just think the timing of this is really, really cool. So tell me, going into 2023, what's up? What's next for MSG? What are you guys up to? We got any big plans? Any big, you know, and and I'll give you the two a little bit. Give me that fortune cookie advice that you want to throw out there to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. First, let me let me throw this out there to all your wonderful listeners and watch peeps. Yeah. You know, look at Olympic athletes, you know, the leaders of business. The best of them have coaches. I, I worked with a coach. I, for the last six years, I had my own coach because there were things that I needed help with and I had nowhere else to turn. I mean, I have a good support system, but, you know, I, I hired a coach to help me navigate being a younger leader and right. some of the things that come with that. And, you know, that's another reason why I continue with scaling up. And I just got another certification with George Washington University and strategic management. But, you know, think about it. If you're a climber and you're going to climb Mount Everest, would you do it without a Sherpa or a guide? And sometimes as business leaders, we think we have all the answers. And as a result, we end up stuck on the side of the mountain or worse. You know, we don't survive the climb. Right. So, you know, I I think it's good business and I'm not just saying it because I'm a consultant and a coach. I mean, I practice what I preach. I still have an executive coach I talk to, you know, biweekly. I just think it's good business. And, you know, they help you see a lot of things that you may not see or may help you take that leap or take that chance on something that, you know, you may be hesitant to do. And, you know, mine helped me say, all right, I, I I was afraid. I was afraid to leave my cushy executive job with benefits and good pay to venture into the entrepreneurial world. I mean, you've done the same. It's scary. Leaps of faith, are, but leaps of, leaps of faith are incredibly inspiring. Right. Absolutely. So my, my coach, help me get past some of my own trepidations and 
you know, that's where I'm at today. And well, well, I'm in a better place because of it. It's one of the and, it's one of the funnest things that I do in my businesses is to talk to people, to CEOs, to leaders, and be that voice in the room, that different voice in the room, share with them, communicate. I can be talking about baseball, even it doesn't matter, but you give them that opportunity to have just someplace different to go and to share and to learn from and, and to work things out. It's it's a blast. It's one it's me. It's it's the most fun I think of a lot of what I get to do. So I can relate to what you're saying and how important it is, right? It's important to keep growing. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Jesse from Superior Fresh. Check us out at www.superiorfresh.com to learn more about how we raise our Atlantic salmon without the use of hormones, antibiotics, or pesticides. Our heart check certified salmon boasts two times the omega-3s of other salmon and are fed an organic and non-GMO diet. Our fish thrive in water naturally filtered by our USDA-certified organic greens, which allows us to recycle 99.9% of our water. This is salmon as it should be. Order Superior Fresh Salmon direct to your home by shopping with us online. And listeners of this episode can use the discount code TLC15 to receive 15% off your order. We make it easy to get the best salmon in your homes and on your plates. We've got you covered. Superior salmon equals superior taste. Shop now and use code TLC15 for 15% off through the end of the month. What What's new? There, there's a lot coming down the horizon. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy working with a lot of different businesses. And that's another thing that drew me to the con- coaching consulting side. But I also miss businesses. So we are going to create a family office and, you know, start small, buy a business or two here or there, implement the business operating system and the planning into those businesses. But, you know, the consulting Mascari strategy group, MSG is going to be there. And I'm going to work with, you know, a few businesses every year, but this is going to be a bigger part. You know, the yeah, well, consulting piece is going to be a piece to the puzzle. puzzle. Yeah, you're yeah. well. Again, look, you have to keep evolving, right? And I think you have to continue walking down this path. And you've got this basis that you're creating now with MSG, so it only makes sense for you to get, a, you know, another step down that path to keep moving down the field. Exactly the strategy you're laying out for people. Yeah, and it, you know, if people are having your listeners out there want to know where to begin, answer some questions. You know. Where, where are you currently, you know, where you go, where do you want to go? Right. Where are you going and how will you get there and what will get in your way? And if you answer some of those basic questions, it can help you to start to cultivate your, your strategy, but you need, you need to know the answers to those questions. Agreed. I love it. You know, another another fun one that I, I like because I, I practice what I preach. I, I got a strategic plan right. and a growth plan for MSG. Yeah. I, I did you I charge yourself? Did you charge I, yourself? I do. <laughs> in bourbon. I, well, I pay myself in bourbon. That's fine. I don't uh, judge. But you know, so a question I like, you know, if you were to compete with your current company, and if you're starting a new company and you're compete with your current company. What would you do differently? Yeah. And what would you do to separate yourself from your current company? And I, I like to look at it that way too. You know, I do too. It's a fun exercise. 
I do too. I, I think to myself the same way. It's like, you know, when I think about what people are doing, it's like, oh, I would have done this, right? Or I would have thought that, you know, I, I love doing that. I, I, I play almost devil's advocate in some way, but it's a great way of learning because you challenge yourself to strategize, right? And how would you, what's your strategy? And then how would you execute that? So I agree with you. I think that's a great, I think it's great advice. I encourage that as well. I think it's great. And one more, since you're talking Go. about New Year's and we're coming up on New Year's resolutions. So Scaling Up has this tool and it was originally created by, uh, his name was James Hansberger. He was a wealth advisor to really wealthy people. And when his clients were at the end of their life, I, I believe he asked, what would you go back and do differently? And what he realized in the end, what mattered most in life were the depths of your relationship and the people that helped you along the way. And a lot of times people are like, well, I spent too much time in my business. I didn't spend it with my family. So they created a one-page strategic plan for your life. And I, I've gone through it. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we get lost sometimes because we're so busy and, you know, we want to grow our companies. We want to scale our lives. We want to make it to the next promotion, but, and sometimes we lose sight of what's important. And I, I think you, you got to take a holistic approach at it all and you got to find balance. And I know, you know, work-life balance and stuff. I, I don't really think that exists, but you got to find, you got to find something. Agreed. Yeah, life balance is incredibly important to a leader. And if you don't understand what life balance, if you can't balance, you know, if you if you can't be balanced in that, and you're, I mean, you're again, that's that bottom rung of the ladder, isn't secure. So as you go up, I mean, you can't, you know, you, you don't need that wobble. I agree. Yeah. Life life balance is important. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, I I, I practice what I preach. I. And I, I do this all. And sometimes uh, I'm like, man, it, it's a lot of work, but anything worth doing usually is. And it does reap the benefits. And no doubt. Well, it's a hell of a lot better than sweeping the dock on a Saturday morning. It, it is. Yeah. You earn $20 petty cash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And your dad probably going like, I don't, you weren't worth 20, but I don't have, you know, I don't have 18 yeah. to give you. Yeah. I can see it. I love it. Well, dude, thanks for hanging out with me, man. Yeah. I think this is great. I mean, you, you, got, you, dropped some, you dropped some great nuggets on people for them to really, and this, you know, again, it, it falls into what I was trying to accomplish. Like plant some seeds of thank you for 2023. How do we become better people? How do we do better things? How do we help uplift brands and change our trajectory and, you know, make this global community a little better place. So I appreciate yeah. you hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and uh, Merry Christmas. Definitely. Ho, ho, ho. Much love to you and the fam. And congratulations once again on the baby. And, and, uh, you know, I know, I know mom and dad are up there and if mom's up there, that means cooking is going to happen. And I've had, I've had your mom cook a meal before. That is, that's, that's it has the, already started. The Italian yeah, that's, started homemade, that's, homemade ravioli, homemade meatballs, sausage, and bread. It's your mom is off the chain. You can tell you good thing. I got a Peloton in my office. Hey, you ain't gonna use it. What to put your what what to throw shit on? What are you talking about? Shut the hell well, up. Well, right now it's holding a couple hats and a jacket. Yeah, exactly. But, you know. Don't bullshit me. I, like I said, I've had your mom's cooking. I've just, you know, it's off the chain. Tell your mom, tell your mom I wish I was there. Send me a plate. Whatever well, she's well, making, I'm, tell her to send me a plate. I'm, I'm honored that you had me on. I really appreciate it. And you know, Thank you're you. doing a lot of great things here. I watch every episode. Thank you. Well, I'll pay you for that. I appreciate it. All I right. appreciate you saying that, brother. It means a lot to me. Everybody. 2023, what are you going to do with it, right? We've gone through 2022. Look back and say, what did I do with it, 
Let's go to 2023 and say, look what I'm going to do. I think it's important. It's how we keep that inspiration up. It's how we're going to change this planet. It's how we're going to change our global community. It's how we're going to change our own country. I think it's really important that we start investing in some of these ideas. We start investing in ourselves and start investing in a bigger, in, 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 in moving this ball forward in such a positive way. Let's change this planet. We can do it if we all put our minds to it. I firmly believe it. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, or whatever you celebrate with your family, whatever comes out of your heart. I hope it's wonderful and joyous. I hope it's a great time. Make it a great time. Love people. It's incredibly important. Like I tell you all the time, go inspire somebody. It's really, really an important thing to do. This is a great time to do it. Go pick up the phone and call somebody you haven't talked to and just tell them you love them and be a part of their life. Give back to somebody over this holiday season. They'll pay you back tenfold. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Remember, check us out on social media, TLC underscore Todversations. We're there. Why? Because Santa's there. The Kardashians are there. I don't know. All the big people are there. That's why we hang out there. I'm just, I am. I'm really, I'm really channeling my inner Kardashian right now. So anyways, thanks for listening. We appreciate you all over this great, great globe that we have for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Thanks much. Much love from me and my team here. Happy holidays. Take care. Nick, I love you, brother. I'll see you soon. Love you. Thank you very much. Take care, everybody. All done. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm not going anywhere. 46. Okay. Sorry. I'm trying. Um, I'm trying to, I was trying to do the timer thing. <laughs>